I am Susan Ingalls. I have directed Sustainable Furnishings Council from the beginning until recently when I became resident expert and Scarlett Tapp took over. Hi, I'm Scarlett Tapp. I am the new executive director of the Sustainable Furnishings Council and the Sustainable Furnishings Education Fund. And you are watching A Student's Perspective. Hi there, and thanks for tuning in to A Student's Perspective, the weekly series that connects students with designers, manufacturers, educators, industry professionals, and design media celebrities to hear their stories on just how they've gotten to where they are now. Through our conversations, we connect the past, present, and future of design to show just how much we can learn from each other to grow towards our fullest potential without prescribed limitations. Think of a student's perspective as a weekly design lecture series from the student's point of view. A student's perspective is a division of the nonprofit University Hall of Innovation, whose goals are to connect students with the design industry through design challenges and mentorship, and a collaboration with the Marywood University Interior Architecture Program in Scranton, Pennsylvania. All interviews can be found in their video format at www.astudentsperspective.tv. For more information or sponsorship inquiries, please contact University Hall of Innovation at gmail.com. Hello, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of A Student's Perspective. I am Jen. And I'm Maya. And we're here at the radio building at the Spring High Point Market. We're here with Susan and Scarlett, former executive director of the Sustainable Furnishings Council. And Scarlett is now the current executive director. Thank you both for joining us today. Um, do you want to give us a background of yourselves and like what the Sustainable Furnishing Council is? Yes, we do. <laughs> so I, as you said, I'm Susan Ingalls. I have directed Sustainable Furnishings Council from the beginning until recently. The beginning was 15 years ago. The organization began here at High Point Market. We are an international organization of member companies that are involved in residential furnishings in various ways. So companies that exhibit here at market, but also stores and interior design firms and also suppliers of materials and service providers. Each company has made a public and verifiable commitment to sustainability to transparency and to continuous improvement. And we, as an organization, help them realize their commitment. So we are here to help. And we are here to help furniture consumers find the more eco-friendly furniture we know they prefer. Like I said, I directed the whole thing until recently. I am very pleased to let everybody know that now Scarlet Tap direct Sustainable Furnishings Council and Sustainable Furnishings Education Fund. And as I said, I'm Scarlett Tapp and I am the new executive director, but what you may not know is that I'm new to furnishings and I'm new to sustainability. Ooh. But what I bring to this whole organization is uh, over 12 years of nonprofit development leadership experience. And I'm so excited to take what Susan has built this amazing mission that is reaching out, as she said, it's global. And we wanna really build that infrastructure out so that we can 
reach more people, more companies, more stakeholders, and bring them to the table. And you know, collectively, we have to. You can you can know today we are so interconnected. This world, when you look mm-hmm. at your newsfeed, and so sustainability is a big part of that. So super excited to be here. Wow, we're really excited to interview you guys. This is such an amazing council and the fact that you grew it and like it's taking over and I like that you talked about um, that you help other companies like are held accountable for their sustainability. Do you want to talk a little bit about these um, manufacturers and how that works, that process? Yes, yes. We have always depended on what is in the public domain. We think transparency is extremely important. And I urge all of you who are listening to require transparency when you are shopping for anything. Um, So all our 300 or more member companies now have made a public and verifiable commitment to sustainability to transparency and to continuous improvement. How do you know that? You can go to our website, sustainablefurnishings.org, and you can click on the company name and see a snapshot of the best practices the company is implementing now and what they're in the process of doing. And we do require that. Um, That is the, the most important thing about there being a member is the action they are taking in their world to reduce environmental footprint. Yeah. That's awesome. I mean, and again, this mission that you guys have behind this entire council is wonderful, and I think it's important that more people hear it and more people understand it. So diving a little bit more into that, if you wanted to talk about what makes something sustainable down to the basics of what that requires, and the, like you said, it requires that one main thing. So if you wanted to explain that a little bit more. Yeah. Well, as Scarlett can tell you, 80-odd percent of the environmental impact of any product, furniture, clothes, anything, is in what it's made of. So um, I will talk a tiny bit about materials. In the furniture industry, we are a um, smallish industry with complex supply chains and uh, therefore um, a large environmental footprint. We're looking at very simple furniture here. This is pure recycled metal. Um, But many pieces of furniture, including what you're sitting on, is made of wood and foam and a fabric and lots of different things, you know. So each of these materials has its own environmental impact. When a material is reclaimed and being recycled, that immediately reduces the environmental footprint of the product. And that's obvious. It's not going to use new natural resources. It's also going to use a lot less energy to make this table out of recycled metal instead of out of new metal. Um, Our industry uses a lot of wood. And so, the, in fact, small as we are, we are the number three user of the wood resource in all the world after construction and after paper. Big jump, but we are the number three. 
And we therefore have a large responsibility for halting deforestation. And halting deforestation now is so important because healthy forests are such an important tool for addressing the climate crisis. Mm -hmm. So if we can just keep all our forests healthy and build more forests, that is, mm -hmm. plant more trees, um, it would go a long way to addressing the crisis that we're experiencing now and give us hope for sustaining a healthy future. Well, I mentioned that our uh, supply chains are complex. Frequently, the resource, like the, the raw material, like the wood, has come from one continent, has been processed on another, has been made into a product on another for consumption in yet another. And in the case of wood, it is important that we know where the tree probably grew. Because there, here in North America, in much of the Northern Hemisphere, but not all of it, forests are in pretty good shape. Um, south of the equator, there are some real danger zones, and there are um, those those forests are much more vulnerable. And we in furniture love beautiful wood. We love interesting, different, beautiful wood. So we are guilty of looking for something that is rare that we might get by running a road into the middle of virgin forest and cutting one thing down then what do you have you have a road going in there and that threatens the entire ecosystem mm -hmm. yeah it's like a snowball effect yeah. how is. that is it so is when you look for um like people to like um, gather the wood and you look for these certain places to cut down these forests. Are you finding um, working with people that manage how many trees they're cutting and like they're really like aware of like how much they're taking down, how much they're putting back and like that limiting that travel distance? Yes. Okay. Yes. And so first of all, we are not working with people that are cutting down forests right and so that is and that is very very important that they are not cutting down forests they might companies might be cutting down trees but when you harvest trees carefully the other trees grow uh, well, mm -hmm. so you it's called selective logging and you plant more trees when there is a big open space right. So doing that very very carefully you can manage for the health of the ecosystem And that's what we promote now because forests are threatened we also very much promote using recycled and reclaimed materials our cities are a large and diverse wood basket. Mm -hmm. There are buildings coming down every day and there is wood in those buildings that we can use to make furniture, for instance. So that's another big thing that we promote. So we promote proof of good forest management practices and we promote use of that wood and of recycled reclaimed that's wood. really interesting yeah, yeah. Wow. so yeah. do you guys yourselves ever go into the field of making furniture producing any of these or do you just oversee and advocate that sort of sustainable design well I mean <laughs> I, well many stakeholders are in our coalition it's manufacturers retailers 
interior designers, mm -hmm. suppliers, even um, we have a new um, EV company that is going to be, has a fleet of delivery vehicles that are all electric. So there are oh. a lot, so any of these um, businesses can join our coalition and together, you know, we just want to make sure that every business that signs on with us is on their own path to sustainability. Um, as Susan said, we have those best practices and it is, you know, we, we meet organizations where they are. And as long as that commitment is there and they are, as you said, verifiable information is um, given and they make that pledge to us when they join. And it's us to, uh, up to us, excuse me, to make sure that they, they hold to that promise. And we give them the tools and Susan, being the amazing educator and just the wealth of sustainability knowledge is still staying on with us to educate our members and anyone that wants to learn. Um, we have working groups once a week on one of the six uh, parts of the um, sustainability wheel that a topic, whether it's social equity or, you know, uh, CO2 emissions, reducing that. And we talk about it with our peers, these companies can um, learn from each other and problem solve together with, of course, some expertise guidance <laughs> in the background. So those are just some examples about how we are pulling our coalition together. And wow. yeah. that's an amazing corporate, like that is just such a great organization. <laughs> really that's so, that's so fun to, like fun, but also like amazing to hear because me and Jen, I would say are very passionate about sustainable yeah. design cool. and cool. we learn about it in <laughs> school and we're like, how can we, how can we do this and make sure we're doing it, like doing it the right way? And it's really amazing to hear that you give them that path to go on. Mm -hmm. And like even starting how you said with their electric delivery trucks, like that's one step, like huge carbon footprint right there that you're eliminating. So that's amazing to hear. Yeah. Mm -hmm. wow. Packaging yeah. is another one, you know, if they mm -hmm. can't do everything, that's okay. Right. You know, but pick something to start. And that helps that helps their branding and then what we've learned especially here at market designers are seeking out you know if you look at our green guide which has all our members that are exhibiting they're gonna send they're gonna go there and they're gonna um, specify those products so yeah yeah it all yeah. works together and that is really important because I feel like we've been learning that mistakes are made and we're learning a little bit too late how to mm -hmm. fix them so it's really important that you guys are providing this outlet because us as college students about to graduate we're entering this world and we want to stay sustainable and we've seen this massive effect negative effect from mm -hmm. all of this non-sustainable design so mm -hmm. now we're able to enter this and be passionate and have resources like yourselves to be able to go and enter the world and design having all of that knowledge in our back pocket so again yeah i think we're both very excited about yeah. this just because <laughs> you guys are making Good. a massive impact with already just already all of these us yeah so everyone can see yeah. <laughs> yes. designers already included in this so i kind of want to ask a little bit more specifically about high point if you wanted mm -hmm. to explain what is your relationship with manufacturers designers everybody here and then also extending outwards from High Point Market? Mm -hmm. Is there people that you have included in this, but maybe they just don't have a showroom here? Exactly. Um, if you just wanted to explain those relationships yeah. a little bit. Yeah, I'm yeah, that to you. good. So um, we did begin here in High Point because our founder was a furniture manufacturer who had a showroom here. So he invited people to have a conversation and that's how we got started. Um, and 
when we started and now the members are not only manufacturers and importers like you would find walking around high point market but also stores and interior designers and even suppliers of materials so they are a diverse group they are all working in the North American market so they might be based elsewhere the founder is Peruvian they might be based elsewhere but they're working in the North American market so we we started publishing the guide to green at high point market in um, our second market I think so we've been doing it for a long time and it helps specifiers find our members who are exhibiting here that's these companies who's uh, you see listing uh, listed on the front but all the ones that are not exhibiting as well are listed and they are listed in this case on the back in a, in a full list. Um, it is, members love to do business with each other so it is useful to at least write out their names for yeah. everybody. Um, we have a bunch of initiatives that we work with uh, members and with others in the industry. And High Point Market, the organization that puts on this show twice a year, is very interested in those initiatives and helps us promote them, mm -hmm. which we appreciate. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I'll just tell you, the initiatives include one that is called What's It Made Of, which is to encourage transparency in our complex supply chains and to help us move away from the handful of harmful chemicals that are most commonly found in furnishings. And any of you who design furniture have come across them probably. VOCs like formaldehyde, flame retardant chemicals, the PFAS chemicals used to, for stain repellency, antimicrobials, and PVC or vinyl, very common plastic. All of those are linked directly to harm to human health and other life on the planet, and all of them persist in the environment, so they last a very long time, mm -hmm. unfortunately. So even some kinds of the PFAS chemicals that we're, we've voluntarily given up for the most part are still in our drinking water, for instance. Wow. So they do last a long mm -hmm. time. I think a lot of people may think of um, when things are not sustainable, that like initial creation, and then how when when you've gotten rid of the product, how it is brought back into the earth. But are yes. you saying like the even having it in your home is still somewhat harmful to you, and it's it's surrounding you, and maybe not many people think of it that way. Yeah, that you're living with all these um, uh, manufactured items that are still harming you in a way like, yeah. like paints or, mm -hmm. or stuff like that, or your cleaning products. I think you exactly. had a, something out about certain types of cleaning products that exactly. are good. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, there, there are a lot of harmful chemicals in a lot of cleaning products and it includes the PFAS and the antimicrobials. Those are in a lot of cleaning products. Right. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, we're all familiar with that new product smell, and some, and we mm-hmm. get excited about it. But some of us also get a headache walking into showrooms with yeah. all that new product, and that's the volatile organic compounds that we're mm-hmm. smelling and that are are bothering us. That's really yeah. interesting. Yeah. yeah. So I think you are living in it, so rather that's than right. it's the beginning and the end. It that's is like right. very present. That's right. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. right. And at the end of the life of the product some of these chemicals are going to persist even past so the the if it's a cheap piece of furniture made of mdf it is it might be you can make eco-friendly mdf an important thing for y'all to know but um it might most mdf on the market is not very eco-friendly and is glued together it's like dust of wood glued together with a um, adhesive that has a lot of formaldehyde in it mm-hmm. and if that um, piece of furniture gets broken and you put it out on the street the and it rains that stuff is going to crumble and that um, but formaldehyde is going to go into the water mm-hmm. down the drain it's you know all the water in the world is connected yeah you know, mm-hmm. just like all the air in the world is connected <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah so yeah. i kind of have a more specific question you Good. answered a little bit on that uh, last comment that you made but when it comes down to those chemicals that are very harmful to us and our planet have you found any solutions as to i know you mentioned you started to let some of those chemicals go and addressing that concern but has there been a solution made maybe like the flame retardant uh, materials yes. have you found something else that works in the same way but obviously yes. is less harmful um just those chemicals dealing with that yes there are alternatives to many of these harmful chemicals and and um i have to apologize to you scarlet i'm i am um <laughs> i'm a mighty talkative resident no, expert this, <laughs> but this is what they and their students they want to know because they're going to be <laughs> building this furniture yeah you have us like captured yeah. this is amazing captured <laughs> every time i'm around her i just wish i could plug straight in okay so um, the, all the hazardous handful of chemicals are in use because they serve a function. Mm-hmm. Formaldehyde, for instance, makes things stick together. So it's, it's of course it's used in glue and in finishes, it sticks. But there are other ways to stick things together. And so yes, our raising awareness about the harm being done by this one stimulates innovation. And, and it's not, of course, just us raising awareness about it, but all of us, all people learning to design furniture, learning to design environments, sounding the alarm that they'd really rather not have so much poison in their indoor environments, mm-hmm. helps manufacturers come up with other solutions. And flame retardants specifically, Y'all will be interested to see a film easily found on the internet, made a little two-minute thing, um, made to show how quickly a house burns up when it is full of synthetic materials, mm-hmm. polyurethane foam covered with polyester fabric, um, rayon curtains, all of these synthetic materials burn much more quickly than a house filled with what we will now call legacy materials. So the um, stuffing of the sofa might be um, horse hair, 
we'll just say for an example, and the cover of the sofa might be wool or leather, and the curtains might be linen, etc., et and there would be a lot of cotton in there. All those natural materials burn more slowly. Mm. So when your um, and flame retardants were developed in um, sympathy with the tobacco industry that wanted people to be able to continue to smoke cigarettes in bed, something that um, is not very popular anymore, fortunately. <laughs> but, you know, they wanted to keep selling cigarettes, so they wanted you to be able to smoke wherever you want. Well, if you drop a cigarette in a, um, on a sofa that is covered with a synthetic and filled with polyurethane foam, you're dropping it on fuel. Mm. If you drop it on a sofa that is covered with wool, it is not going to burst into flames nearly as quickly. In fact, it's not going to burst into flames. It's going to smolder, and eventually something will catch fire. But it's um, it it is not such a, a um, such a flammable material. Right. So, so that is part of the awareness we're eager to raise too. Mm -hmm. And we think a smolder test is a much more sensible sort of thing to um, to have for a whole piece of furniture. Mm -hmm. I think like dealing with that too, I had a question. Do you um, also work with um, construction companies and maybe those building materials for homes and buildings? Do you work to help them find more sustainable options or are you more specifically within the furnishing industry? All our work is specifically within the furnishings industry. There are others, um, notably the U.S. Green Building Council is really what greened up a lot of construction habits. Um, and so we are doing for the furnishings industry what they've done for the construction right. industry. So our work focuses on the stuff that is in your house that you would take with you when you mm -hmm. move away. You wouldn't peel the paint off the wall. Right. You, you know. Could you see yourselves maybe col collabing maybe we with them? We definitely do. Oh, okay. Yes. We That's are good friends. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's really cool. Yeah. Like imagine walking into a fully like green home. Yeah. <laughs> the construction and all the yeah, interior. The goal, right? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Wow. Yeah. And it is really ironic that the a common theme that seems to be coming up is that people aren't recognizing it until it's kind of right in their face. So you guys are raising this awareness and saying, hey, it may come down to this cigarette that you once had in your home. And they literally created flame retardant for the use of people that wanted that exact thing to continue to happen. So yeah. now you're saying, hey, not only is all of this bad for the environment, but it's bad for you and it's yes. still affecting you once it's gone. Yes. I think it's really nice to see that raising the awareness alone is helping already, and yes. now you guys are already taking those next extra steps. So that kind of has me wondering, um, Scarlett specifically, what inspired you to join? Because you said you were new to sustainability. Yes. So I'm kind of curious about how recently so, and how So I am a nonprofit, I just love nonprofit world, anything um, to do with causes and charity. and. Um, while we are a 501c6, so that is a nonprofit, but we are a business coalition, we also have our education fund. And that is where we can really push out that messaging for the consumer as well as all of our members. Um, but for me, my heart has always just been with causes and I'm a, I'm a nature nut and I love, of course, love the outdoors. And 
I've raised two boys. One um, is in college and I have a high schooler and I'm realizing um, the state of the world mm -hmm. and, and that mm -hmm. time is not on our side. And this opportunity just came, it's kismet, whatever, that I was available and I could just put all that um, hard work and experience. I've worked in nature conservancy and the arts um, and, and in education as well. Um, you know, advocating for those causes, but I'm just so just so happy that it aligned that I could do this sustainability mm -hmm. work. Yeah, what a fun opportunity that you got, and you can pass yeah. that on to your kids exactly. now. Exactly, right? and leave the world a better place. Not that I plan on leaving anytime soon, yeah. but you know what I mean. It's that concept of you want to make it better. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I am just so inspired. Just to pivot back to you guys, all we have met so many young people that are studying this or want to be involved and guys are the future and you're so they already know way more <laughs> than yeah. you know you're so in tune and I just think you gr you're growing up in a world that is really small it seems so vast mm -hmm. and big but the mm -hmm. you know technology and all those opportunities mm -hmm. connect us mm -hmm. even more yeah. and you're I just it inspires me that you guys are willing to you know learn all you can and build these careers around sustainability yeah. it is so. true and we are lucky because we are in a curriculum in which they started to implement uh, lead and I know that mm -hmm. now it's just a requirement to be lead anyway it's no longer yeah. if you yeah. want to reach exactly. to be lead you just have to have yes. a lead building so we are lucky because that also I think for me and I want to say for you as well correct me if I'm wrong but introduce sustainability on a more impactful level mm -hmm. as compared to me being like oh like that's a greenhouse you know mm -hmm. but now mm -hmm. I'm like actually learning about it and wanting to strive for that as compared to just being kind of lucky and you know oh I happen to see a yeah. green building now it's like yeah. no I want to see a green building and again I know I keep saying it but just the impact that you guys are doing is already impacting us because now it is affecting schools to be like well they're obviously trying to make this happen and save the world because it is already just on a decline mm -hmm. with the climate crisis mm -hmm. and all of that so mm -hmm. it is helping us be educated in that sense mm -hmm. so I think we're lucky to be in that education, so hopefully it's even more so the next generation that comes yeah, to follow. Absolutely. We're, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, we're also lucky that, um, like everyone, I know like everyone in our generation, we're like, we wanna make an impact, we wanna make an impact, but we're lucky enough to be in an industry that one has greatly impacted yes. in a negative way, but now we can turn it around and impact it in a positive way and have a lot of control over how shipping overseas and instead and or shipping within the country rather than shipping yeah. outside. Yeah. And like there's a lot of options we can do. And we could even join a firm and say, hey, have you heard of the Sustainable Furnishings yeah. <laughs> Council? We, yes. I think we should join with them and we can bring that new insight to mm -hmm. every place we go. You sure so can. yeah, so yeah. it's really it's really inspiring to hear the story and how it all works and just it there's a lot of networking and it's very doable is the other thing is like yeah yeah absolutely yeah, yeah. Absolutely. yeah. it's becoming the yeah. norm or the standard more than the outlier oh the, like you said oh that's a greenhouse that's gonna be that mm -hmm. house mm -hmm. yes. and now mm -hmm. we need the the contents to to match that so that's that right. you know yeah. that you don't have toxic things in your home when you've mm -hmm. gone to all this trouble to have right. a beautifully yeah. sustained mm -hmm. exterior and structure so yeah Definitely. yeah yeah. So, yeah. do you guys have any goals for the future with this council? Um, I don't know if we are meeting you at a good time. Maybe you have some plans <laughs> for the future that we could hear a little bit about. Um, yeah. How she mentioned collaborating with construction companies. Maybe if you have anything like that. Well, um, Scarlett, you are new yes. and you 
are here to build on the foundation of the first 15 years mm -hmm. of the organization. Yes. So we know that if you ask us that question in six months, the board will have had time <laughs> yes. to meet and, um, and, and uh, so we'll, you might want to ha answer that question later, yes. but um, that much we can say is plans for the future are to build out our existing initiatives, circularity being a very important one of them. It's where all aspects of sustainability come together and to create new initiatives, but uh, I, that's the main thing. I will say an answer. Yes, and um, and as she mentioned, I'm not sure if you're familiar with a nonprofit structure, um, but you know, I report, as Susan did, to a board of directors, and they guide where we're going to go with, you know, our strategic planning and all of those sorts of things. So that is actually what we're about to dive into this year, and you have caught us at it, but we are ready to jump off. Um, I will say one of our big, you know, initiatives is we want to grow our technology piece. Our mm -hmm. website is a major tool mm -hmm. for all of our members, so we want to make it, you know, you know, easier to navigate and find that information, find those resources, um, and just build it out because we're getting bigger. Um, so those are some of the operational things, but as far as all of these initiatives that Susan has built, um, you know, we collaborate with uh, um, Parsons New School and learning about what's it made of, like those, what did I call them, the filthy five? That's right. <laughs> That's a very good description. That was a of slip them. of the tongue. They call them the hazardous handful. I said, oh yeah, the filthy five. <laughs> um, anyway, I think it was like along the turn, you know, the dirty vegetables. Remember that list? Yeah, yeah it was in yeah. that. <laughs> but um, but we want to build out these types of programs mm -hmm. and. Um, We'll just see where we yeah. go. Yeah, so yeah. six months, yeah. next market. That's Definitely exciting. come visit us. I'm excited us. for this yeah. to be more brown. Exactly. You talked about um, like education within. Yes. Um, do you go to the companies and educate them? Do you also work with schools? I know you talked about we Parsons, do. but can you describe how that works? Going to yes. We, we do a lot of educating. We have a monthly seminar, a webinar series um, called Sustainability Essentials, third Thursday of every month at noon Eastern. Always a useful discussion, all of them recorded and living on our YouTube. Um, so that's good free education anytime you mm -hmm. want it. We also teach a certificate course called Green Leaders. Green Leaders is a six hours, six CEU course that covers what is the sustainability stuff? What does it have to do with our industry? Um, which y'all know more about. Uh, and it also covers what consumers are thinking. We've done consumer research every year or two, all our existence. Um, and it covers lots of questions to ask, answers to look for about materials and processes and, and um, how to put together a design project. And it includes a sales training model that helps you build a business around all of this. That course is half price for students. Wow. And so uh, um, that is one of the <laughs> ways that we work with um, we we do that for all students, but we've actually done it within college curricula before. So a course at the Fashion Institute of Technology in New York City just incorporated it. 
it was six hours wow, of their of that semester. Wow, yeah. that was really yeah. awesome uh-huh. that they did that. Yeah. yeah. yeah thank yeah. you for mentioning that because anyone listening, yeah, yeah. Yes. All of us it's an idea. From that. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah, wow. yeah. Wow. We did. Um, I I like sharing what I know. And we in the industry, any any of us likes sharing what we know. You know, mm-hmm. it is a human characteristic. So we've got a lot of information mm-hmm. to share for this right. industry yeah. on this subject of sustainability. Wow. So yeah. speaking of the council, and I mean, you have 15 years of experience within yeah. it. Do you remember a certain milestone you might have reached within this? Maybe you were like, oh my gosh, that's exactly what I've been hoping to accomplish, or if anything rings a bell in that sort Well, of one thing that was exciting was in our first year how the idea of the organization caught on. In September of 2006, we had a meeting that I showed up along with 50 other people to a meeting that our founder had um, called in his showroom to talk about sustainability, a day-long event. And the idea was, should we start an organization? Well, the answer out of that meeting was, yeah, let's see if we can do it. So we did organize for starting the organization. And when High Point Market rolled around in a couple of weeks, we had a meeting then, a hundred people came. And when we were fully incorporated a few months later, people joined immediately. 43 companies joined the minute we were incorporated. And by the end of the year, we had 100 companies. Now we've got over 300 companies. Wow. And so that, so the, the milestone of the growth in companies that have made a public commitment to the cause mm-hmm. is an important one for me. Mm-hmm. Another important milestone in my mind is, our, is the coalescing of certain partnerships. Our partner for the Wood Furniture Scorecard, which we started about five years ago, is the National Wildlife Federation. And this project is funded by World Wildlife Fund. World Wildlife Fund has been involved with us since the beginning. And we have talked about maybe we'll do something together for many years before a couple of years of conversation leading up to finally launching the Wood Furniture Scorecard, which is an assessment of retailers. Does the retailer have a policy that guides their purchasing choices in wood material and wood furniture? Is it a robust policy? Is it being well implemented? Are they doing anything else? Are they really showing up as selling eco-friendly wood furniture? Those are the things we're looking for. And when we launched it the first year, we assessed 57 retailers. And this year, it's about 130 retailers that we're doing. So that that um, partner, those partnerships coalescing and that specific initiative growing is very exciting. Wow. Yeah. You can't yeah. just see that the business keeps expanding and keep growing. Yes. So I know that it's yeah. just only going to keep impacting people. Yeah. Especially word of mouth, all of these companies. And you do have a few pretty well-known companies on here. I mean, yes. a lot of well-known companies yeah, on here yeah. are literally being at high point in itself. So it is exciting yeah. to see that 
they are going to just keep spreading that word. And mm-hmm. and it's unfortunate that things have to be on trend for people to catch on and yeah. want to be a part of it. But it's also kind of a plus side in this matter because I think going green and being sustainable is starting to become more on trend, if you mm-hmm. may. It's true. So it's a it marketing is, tool too. Yeah. I mean, and yeah. a good one at that. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. we want our, you know, we want people to be as. Susan will see, say, be loud about it, right? Yes. Um, because when they profess what they're doing, it brings other companies on board. And some, you know, just that peer, um, a lot of times uh, one of our board members was saying he was at the Las Vegas show and he was talking about, um, he saw how the uh, booth neighbor was showing a video about yeah. water usage. Yeah. And then he talked to him about, you can, you know, rec- recycle your water when you're in, the guy didn't know, you know, mm-hmm. so yeah. it's that eye opening, you know, just talking peer to peer and as a group. Yeah. It's all important. Yeah. We th- learn a lot from each other. Absolutely. Yeah. I think it also helps, I think, that um, consumers now are really keen on yes. mm-hmm. becoming sustainable. So when they find a company that makes it their priority to do so, they're like, oh, I, I want that company yeah. because yes. I want that. Like she said, um, it becoming on trend, it actually is really helping. And then maybe it's ma- the working the opposite and making the company say, okay, all our consumers want sustainable yes. design, so yeah. maybe we need to switch, and mm-hmm. maybe that has to do it. Yeah. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, that's exciting that it's working hand in hand. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, yeah. I think it is, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, Scarlett, do you work a lot with marketing for the council? And I will be. Okay. Yeah, I um that that was a big part of what I used to do a long, long, long time ago. <laughs> I actually worked at CNN in public relations oh. years ago, years ago. But I got those um you know that PR sort of aspect to my job and nonprofits a lot of times, especially smaller ones, they rely on that organic marketing and word of mouth because mm-hmm. they don't have the budget right. you know, yeah. to, to spend on huge advertising. And so definitely gonna, gonna push that message yeah. out more. Okay, so if we wanna yeah. ask our final question oh, yeah. here to wrap things up. Um, for both of you individually, if you wanted to answer mm-hmm. this one, if you were to go back as a student yourself and now you know everything you know at this point, what piece of advice would you offer yourselves? Okay, I will start, but you do have to answer. I'm going. (laughs) So I would start by advising you, and I advise everybody to learn what you're interested in knowing about now. I think it is also advisable to keep an eye on what you think the world is needs now or is going to need given what you see now. So learn what you were interested in. That I believe is the most important thing. Learn what you're interested in. Uh, Trust that you can make a living at something related to that. Know that you're going to have to make a living. And um, to facilitate being able to do that more efficiently, keep an eye on some kind of predicting tool, what you think the future might need, because each of us contributes to the future we want the world to have. So if we want to sustain a healthy future, we are each going to have to do our part in that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Completely agree. That's really good advice. (laughs) So if I could go back to my my freshman self, um, who I just, this question just reminded me, I signed up to stuff envelopes for Greenpeace as a freshman, but that, back then, 
there were not all these avenues to get involved. I didn't know what else I could do. How am I going to save the world? You know, I'm going to go stuff envelopes and that was important, but your generation has the access, the tools to learn everything. It's all there at your fingertips. And I would just say, don't be, obviously you two ladies are not uh, shy about asking, but keep asking the questions and learn and just don't be afraid and question, question everything because, um, just don't be timid. Just Thank go you. For it. Be curious. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Do yes. stay curious. Yeah, that's yeah. such good advice to you yeah. both. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you guys You're for joining welcome. us and sitting down with us for this conversation. I feel like we've already learned so much just yeah. from this. A really insightful conversation yes. that we're really excited to share with other people as yes. well. Yes, just keep spreading <laughs> the word and hopefully yep. help in that way. Absolutely. <laughs> And thank, thank you, you, everyone, for joining us this week on A Student's Perspective. Tune in next week as the conversation continues. We hope you liked this discussion with the design industry from A Student's Perspective. Please like, share, and comment, and stay tuned for more inspiring conversations to come.